The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. Back in almost winter. I don't even know. I don't know what's going on outside. Having spent the like past three hours outside, it, it's like 30 something degrees. It's cold. Yeah. Yeah. We have a freeze warning tonight and it was, uh, I don't know, 80 Saturday, yeah. Sunday, something like that. Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday. Anyway, welcome. Good to, good to see you, man. Did you, did you know, did you happen to know what episode this is of our little podcast here? Dude, it is episode 200. 200 and boy do we have something special planned for you guys and by special it's just going to be like all the other ones but <laughs> but we're really excited about it <laughs> there's a lot of preparation that went into this episode our notes we went back stopped. through yeah we picked out all of our best clips which we could probably air in a 30 second 30 second time slot maybe so it wouldn't take up a lot of podcast i would just direct you like the best clips are the previous 199 episodes <laughs> Although I would say they probably got better. So if you want to work <laughs> start to front, it'll it's a it's a it's a steady climb up. Don't go backwards. <laughs> Don't go backwards. We're professionals now. Yeah, that's what we do. This is what we do. Did you know Michael Homefield launched oh a fantastic brand of Texas Tech clothing? Yes, I did. So comfy. So great. And did you guys know that if you use our promo code 23 personnel at checkout, you get 15% off your first order. What are you waiting for? Home field. Texas tech has got really great stuff. All of the Texas tech stuff is really great. Even like there's one logo I'm not like super high on, but the shirt is so comfortable. So yep. That. Yeah, I'm with you. And and just to throw a little bit more fuel to the Oklahoma State copies us fire, uh, Texas Tech was there first. And then I think it was within a month, Oklahoma State was on home field. We were there first, once again. You got to do better, Cowboys. With, with all the pistols firing and guns ups and whatnots. Yeah. Um, you know who's who's not first, though, Michael? Who's that? The 23 personnel's Twitter account at breaking news. Oh, but if you want to follow us for non breaking news, for commentary, for podcast updates, for all kinds of Texas tech stuff, that's just not breaking news because guess what? Michael and I have full-time jobs that keeps us off Twitter 24 seven. Imagine that you breaking can follow- news. That's breaking Maybe breaking can- news. Did yeah. you know that the baseball team had a game? postponed 
Breaking of course news. I, did. I, I was on my, I was at uh, Tulia. I had to turn around. I was on my yeah, way. That's too bad. You can follow the show at 23 personnel at punts suck for Spencer or at Michael underscore LBK for that man over there. You can also hit us up on Instagram, 23 personnel podcast. Michael, we've got basketball to talk about a lot of roster updates in the past couple of days, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, but yeah, well, sure. A couple of weeks, but updates from our last <laughs> recording, uh, additions, subtractions, new coaches hired rumors of coaches, new rumors of coaches being hired. Um, got a baseball series to, to review polls, updated injury news. Not so great. Yeah. Preview for this upcoming series this weekend against Baylor. Okay, so I was going through the the stats for the comparison. At least on defense and pitching, awfully similar to you. Very much. Very close. Yep. And then, of course, we'll have to talk about um, the football spring game because your boy was there. Yeah. And speaking of injuries, yes, we will have to talk about the spring game. Yeah. (laughs) I just realized that I I put the wrong player's name down there. That's good. <laughs> I thought maybe it was his brother. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. It's going to um, give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And, and before we got get going on that, I have to remind you, we will be joining locker room. We will be doing some live shows over there. And if you're not familiar with it, it is the live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use for you guys as listeners. You can talk to us, other fans, in real time, perfect for watch parties, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Locker room. Like I said, it's a free audio-only social media platform for us, the sports fans. Um, we will get going on that in the fall. We'll definitely tell you when we go live, when we're planning to go live. Join us over on Locker Room. Yeah, it sounds like a fun thing. Uh, they will be working on the, what is it, Google Play, the Android side of things. But now it's available, of course, on desktop or anything. And then as well as your Apple device. Which, you know, I, I do have an Apple device. So if if in the fall that's not, you know, available on Google, we'll still be there. Because I do have a secondary phone that's Apple. So... Oh, and, and we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. Uh, this reminds me, let me get through this ad read before I <laughs> tell you this other thing I was going to tell you. Okay. Because I don't know if they would want this in their ad read bet online guys. It's that time of year again. And all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season. Bet online has all the betting action in the NBA. The conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. I can't believe playoffs start this month. That's crazy. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, Bet Online has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. You, you said uh, the tournament playoffs start here pretty soon. Close. Well, this month. Within the month, sure. Um, 
that seven, eight play in stuff happens May 18th to the 21st. So within the, the month NBA? of today, uh huh. Oh my gosh. I haven't looked into that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think they're carrying over that seven, eight play in uh, scenario. How did I not know this at all? Okay. That's cool. I, I didn't know that. And I guess it makes sense because they started the season late that they wouldn't resume playoffs. Exactly. Ah, oh, man, I'm just used to playoffs starting in April. And I just, since I can't watch my Spurs because I don't get Bally sports through Hulu, I, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have no idea what's going on in the NBA. <laughs> Can I tell you? I, I have no idea what's going on with Fox Sports and Ballet Sports. What all, all that mess that went down. Um, it's still live on Suddenlink, so I'm, I'm able to watch it. I've watched a considerable number of Mavs games lately. I watched that, uh, that Luka Doncic step through three-pointer to win the game. I watched that live the other night. I was like, what was that? It was nuts. That would have been nice. Yeah. That would have been nice. I I get all these, um, you know, these national games that I'm really supposed to care about, but I've, I've watched one Spurs game all year because it was on TNT. I'm not bitter. I'm not mad. No, not at all. Uh, speaking of basketball, Michael, let's, uh, let's talk some red Raider hoops. Here comes Stevenson. Space. All right, so Texas Tech, Mark Adams. He is it's going to work, man. Um, got a, a new 
new commit in Dallas Baptist guard Chandler Jacobs committed Monday night. Jacobs um, coming off a really great year, averaged nearly 21 points, 7.4 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and 2.5 steals. Um, And for a player that averaged almost 21 points a game, he was named the Lone Star Conference Defensive Player of the Year and Academic Player of the Year. His his offensive stats, Michael, stupid good. 56% from the field, 45% from three. And I heard an interview said, you know, he rolled his ankle pretty badly in January. Uh, and then going into their, their postseason tournament, tweaked it again. And he said it affected his ability to get up on his shots. And he said there at the end, like he went like two for 20 from three because of his ankle and like really brought his three point shot down. 45%. It was a regression actually. <laughs> yeah. That's actually <laughs> downplaying it. I, and then 83% from the, from the free throw line. I was able to watch some of the video, you know, he's, he's six, three, as you mentioned, it's his, so his game, smooth. Yes. I, I would say, um, and I would say this, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to trash <laughs> McClung. I, I, that's not what I'm here to do. But I, I watched enough of the highlight. Well, I watched, there's like a six-minute highlight video of, of Chandler Jacobs. And of course, they're all great highlights. So I have no idea how <laughs> well he plays a, defense. Um, not going to put every, a missed shot on yeah, the highlight. Yeah. Every shot, there's not, a, there's not a missed shot in the highlight. He's 100% on the reel. Um, and it's about half three-pointers. Some of them are just really incredible how he can just pick up the ball and shoot as fast as he can. The distance is incredible. And then the other half is probably uh, finishes at the rim, left-handed, right-handed, reverse, just Euro steps. I I mean, really impressive stuff. The way I was trying to, just because of recent memory, the closest comparison I, I have is McClung because McClung was a driver. McClung was a slasher. But... Jacob seems a little more controlled is kind of what I was trying to get at. Um, I mean, that could be the competition. I don't want to Mm. assume that he's going to just be able to light the world on fire against big 12 defenses, but I'm not going to be surprised if he's an immediate contributor and, you know, people are comparing him a little bit to Edwards. I could see that Edwards was never that. He, he didn't drive like Jacob's, can yeah. and probably will. I'm sure that's one of the big reasons they want him is to have that aggressive offense that gets a shot off quicker than 27 seconds or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, I mean, probably because of age and experience, he just looks so polished too, right? Like he's not, I mean, obviously, it, yes, it was a highlight reel. Like he was never, of course, he's never out of control. It never looked sloppy. Yeah. Um, they never, they didn't show him getting charges called on him. You know, the, yeah. I, we didn't get to see any of that, uh, but he was able to shift around defenders. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to draw a lot of charges or is that, what, what do you say? Draw charges, give charge, charge, be called for a charge. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but I, I was, I was pretty excited. We mentioned him last week. I believe he'd kind of, gotten on the radar and then since last week he's he's made it official and um just having a 
a shooter. I mean, even, even if he's mainly used as a spot shooter, that's going to be great. He's it's a, and then the defensive side of it. I wish I could see that. I wish maybe I need to go find a Dallas Baptist game that that is on YouTube somewhere, and I could just watch him play defense for a game because I mean, apparently he's really good at that. I was about to say that there's got to be something to him being named the conference defensive player of the year. Yes, to back up all the offensive stats that are reported on him. Um, yes, which is crazy. Like I said, it, he, dude rebounded tw- or not rebounded, scored 21 points a game, uh, more than seven rebounds three assists, two and a half steals. The, the steals is, is defensive, obviously, but to be named defensive player of the year for the conference on top of all that means, or I would assume it's pretty, pretty talented on the defensive end. Uh, the other, other guy that we mentioned last week, uh, Parker Fox from Northern state ended up committing to Minnesota. That was another one of the D two players on the radar. Uh, then Lubbock's own Trinity Christian guard, Ethan Duncan committed. Um, a little bit of a smaller guy, 5'11", 160. The little little jab that I, I enjoyed in the write-up is that he chose Texas Tech over Texas. Um, <laughs> but Duncan, uh, for for a private school uh, in, in the Taps District 1-4A, averaged 27 points a game, seven assists, four rebounds, and two and a half steals a game, named that district MVP. Yeah, it seems like a really impressive kid, and we love to see local guys staying. It's it's been something that we've kind of hit Matt Wells over the head a little bit with, but um, you know, rumor was that Adams was really instrumental in keeping Culver here. Mm-hmm. I I'm thinking that this is probably why Duncan stayed around too. So I I'm thinking we're already seeing a little bit of the draw to Adams. I, I will say, if you haven't seen it, there's a there's a video of Adams talking to the football team. Yeah, that, that came out, and it's it's pretty good. Where he basically is just kind of talking to the guys about how you choose to win, and of course, you know, if, if you take that for face value, then well, why don't we just choose to win <laughs> fourteen games every year? Well, okay, all right, I, I get it, but if you watch the video. It, it's really good. He he does a good job, I think, connecting with with the players. And I just I I don't know. I keep being impressed by him. Yeah, so for I, sure. I'm I'm really looking forward to to more Mark Adams. Um, another another roster piece of roster news: former Texas Tech guard Jamari's Burton announced his commitment to Pitt. Go be a Panther up there. Yeah, um, I, that was basically just this evening. I think he yeah this it was Tuesday evening Tuesday. that was that kind of came out breaking breaking news. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jamari's Burton to Pitt, because um, of course we're recording this and you'll hear it twelve hours from now, right? And because we can say breaking because I spoke to him directly and he told me that that's what he was going. No, no, yeah. that's not what happened. So this next point I'm going to bring up. Um, we'll be laughed off and just like disregarded by Texas fans. Cause they're like, we don't want them anyways. But I think it's pretty telling that of all the players that were leaving Texas tech and the transfer portal, none went to Texas. <laughs> Zero. We didn't know, they didn't want Austin. them anyway, Spencer. Well, right. I, I, that's what they would say. 
And they would say, well, that's, you know, he was able to win, you know, in spite of those players and he, he doesn't want them anyways. Um, well, I mean, with a roster as, as depleted as theirs is like, you can't be turning players down. And I don't know how many of them would, would, would still want to go, but I think that's the point I'm trying to make is like players didn't want to go play for him. We, we heard rumors that like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how much to believe in this, but if beard were the coach at Texas tech this year, McCullough would not be at Texas tech next year. So I hadn't heard that. That doesn't surprise me too much. Just kind of how hush hush he was after the season was over and everything. The other thing I want wow. to add to that, um, there was a, a little bit of a snarky email back and forth, kind of released through a open records request that uh, Andy Whitry of out of bounds got him, got, got him, got his hands on. Uh, and I'll, I'll just read part of it if you haven't seen it yet. It's on the evening of April 1st, J. Michael Lewis, who was elected chairman of the Texas Tech University System Board of Regents, in December 2020 sent an email that included a link to the official University of Texas press release that announced the hiring of Beard. And then Texas Tech University System Chancellor Dr. Ted Mitchell responded to the email the next morning saying, Chairman, it's been an emotional week for everyone. Chris Beard's callous treatment of Texas Tech University President Dr. Lawrence Skuvenek Kirby and board of regents member Dusty Womble only confirms the serious misgivings. Many, including me have had about his character for quite some time. I believe our family will be better off in the long run for his departure. Wow. Yes. If, if y'all want a good read, check that out. Andy Wittry did his homework, had a good write up. I'm totally going to butcher this, but I think he might've been pretty on top of some of the, player mistreatment issues with the women's basketball team or possibly the softball team. I swear he had, I think it was his website that um, he, he grabbed some, uh, Oh, what do you call it? You said it released record information. What's that open records request open rep. Yeah. I think he was able to obtain some stuff. So I, I may be completely wrong on that, but anyway, check out his write up cause it's really interesting. And it just reminds you that if you, if you write to <laughs> any of these officials, your name can be broadcasted in one of these open record requests. So here's, here's something. There's else. a few names that pop up a few times. I'm not going to say them because one, I can't remember who they are, but uh, just definitely do more of a, you know, like red Raider, red Raider, 1977 at gmail.com and sign it with, you know, L seven or some, I don't know, just something weird. <laughs> don't, don't use your name. Yeah. And the other thing I heard uh, in response to this is that like both of those individuals knew very well what they were doing and that their, their communication could be requested. Uh, I would imagine a, a Chris a level said, would know, or a chancellor would definitely know that. Yeah. Chris level said, uh, conversations that matter happen over the phone. Yeah. So when you get written comments like this, like they, they know what they're doing. Dr. Ted Mitchell's not an idiot. No, that's, I, that was really telling and just kind of backs up some of the rumors we've heard here and there, uh, about how I don't think, I don't think Kirby could have offered him Kirby first name. I don't think Hoka could have offered him anything beyond what, what he already had, which what, I still what, think we, was, we saw, we, was we, maybe not the best idea for beard is to hand him keys to the whole 
city and then just expect him to be content and stay here forever. I think he needs a fire under his butt and he found one. Yeah. I was going to say like we, we did offer him like he had that, the, the practice facility built for him. Basically he had the, the rolling lifetime contract. Um, he had the money there, the contract or in, in, in the reup and he's like, no, I don't want that. So whatever yep. he's gone. Uh, those that are here, Mark Adams continued to build out his staff. It was, uh, I guess confirmed finally that, uh, coach Sean Sutton will stay on as his advisor slash player development role to coach Adams. And then coach Adams hired, uh, his second assistant, Corey Williams from Arkansas, um, played actually with Sean Sutton at Oklahoma state. So their, their introductory cool press connection. conference was, was pretty funny. They're talking about how, um, Sutton was saying, you know, he would have had better stats had Williams passed the ball. Uh, and Williams basically said the opposite said, well, I would have, you know, been able to stay in the NBA longer if, if Sutton had given him, you know, given up the ball a little bit more. Um, but as a coach, uh, Corey Williams is actually more known for, for defense than offense. So you're, you're seeing a pretty this is a shocking hire, pretty defensive minded <laughs> staff here. Um, and, and not that that coach Peary isn't defensive minded. Cause I think it's one of the things like he, he was, I think well-rounded in that he ran that up-tempo defense, but also really, really fast offense. But you know, Adams is defensive guy. Williams is kind of a defensive guy. Um, uh, and then Williams as more of like his, his history from, from Seth over at Stegman Plains uh, found as a coach, Williams was an assistant at Oral Roberts in Florida state as well as the head coach at Stetson. He didn't have the best record there. He went 58 and 133 in six seasons. And then hopped over to Arkansas starting in 2019 through this last season. He was there for a couple of years. I think one of the things that, that everybody's pretty excited about, he he was considered one of their best recruiters. Um, oh, that's great. So there is one final position, assistant position coach left for Adams to hire. And in that, that press conference for, for Corey Williams, Sutton did say that Adams isn't rushing this. He's got plenty of, of candidates, plenty of resumes on his desk, guys that are reaching out that are qualified that want this job. So he's not in a big rush. And I did hear that, um, again, it's no big secret is on the radio here that Darby rich is expected to be officially named the head strength and conditioning coach at Texas tech. Uh, he's coming over from Memphis, but he's uh, he's been around some other Power Five programs. I think Texas A and M had him for a while as well. Um, sure, going to miss Coach Riley, but best of luck to Rich. You know, obviously yeah. that's that's what you want is is someone to come in and take over. And Adams, to touch on what you said earlier about not rushing to hire Adams, just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to rush anything. about anything if he doesn't have to, except on defense, apparently. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I, it's kind of interesting. It's it's he has a sense of urgency, and he probably has a sense of uh, he has a sense of discipline. Definitely. Oh, we should mention this quickly before we move on to baseball. There was a great interview with Jay Crowder that was floating around Twitter. Uh, maybe if I can dig up the link, I'll I'll add it to our show notes. But someone asked him. I think it was someone with Red Raider Sports or yeah, I think somebody. So. It was Ben Golan. Yeah, it was a it was a post game interview, and randomly asked him about Coach Adams and any thoughts from him getting the Which job at me, Tech. And it, it just makes me wonder how how he, Red Raider Sports 
got somebody <laughs> into the post game press conference to ask him. But yeah, I have no idea how that happened. But, but props, it did. Yeah, and so took advantage off the cuff. After he's played a pro game, he gets he gets asked this question about Coach Adams, and he's able to talk about him for over two minutes and and how much he meant to him, and that he gave him gave him a good chance and and was you know really happy for him. And he even said something like, uh, "I figured it would have come a lot sooner than this. I'm surprised, yeah, that someone hasn't given him this chance uh, until now." And then one of the things I was going to mention was just they asked about a story. It was kind of a cringy way to ask the question, but the question got asked about a coach Adams story and Crowder was able to remember one where he had not been given a lot of effort on defense in, in practice and coach Adams made him do wall squats with two plates of 45 sitting on his lap. And that was a, that was a way that kind of woke him up. And he even, he said, you know, he considered quitting after that happened. But Adams was able to explain to him why that was important for that to happen and uh, for for him to take defense seriously and and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of sh- that was something he remembered from from Coach Adams. So um, just because he may not be yelling and screaming as much as as some coaches we might see or have gotten used to, that doesn't mean he's not going to uh, coach these players a little harder when they need it. But anyway, that's that's a great thing to look out because I just can't imagine someone asking me about a boss I had eight years ago randomly with a camera in my face and I'm supposed to just come up with a story. <laughs> and anyway, it was he did a really nice job. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's talk a let's talk a little bit of baseball. Do it. Left field, well struck Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field. Looking for a second home run. And he's got it. And goes on bullpen. Perhaps and some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren. And into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven. And deep to right. So your our Red Raiders return home from a weekend series in West Virginia. They are now 26 and 8, 7 and 5 on the season. Rankings update. Uh consensus top 10 across all this this uh the board here D1 baseball and no just just D1 baseball has them the highest at 5 then the National College Baseball Writers Association and the AP Baseball Coaches Poll have them at 6 and then Collegiate Baseball and Baseball America have them at number 10 RPI drops one spot to 15 after taking two of three from the Mountaineers um 
don't know if you're watching the games this weekend, Michael, the pitching, especially the starting pitching was outstanding. Mason Montgomery yes. for his efforts on Sunday named big 12 pitcher of the week and the national college baseball hall of fame, national pitcher of the week. Uh, Patrick Monteverdi pitched on Friday as your Friday night opener. Uh, and he was named big 12 newcomer of the week. Those two combined for two and oh, that they won both their games on the weekend gave up four hits out of 45 plate appearances. Good for a zero <laughs> 89 batting average in their 13.2, 13 and two thirds innings pitched. Gave up only four hits, one run, struck out 19, and walked four. Um, Monteverdi had seven innings, two hits, no runs, three walks, seven Ks. Montgomery, six and two-thirds, also two hits. He gave her the one run, although... That was one of those weird rules, wasn't it? Yeah, so... The, that was on Sunday with the... Yeah, I, go ahead. I know what you're going to... So the the yeah. the first hit that well the, the the hit here that ended up being the, the the guy that scored was a pop fly that fell between Stillwell at first and Jace Young at second. Both were calling for it, then both backed off and the ball dropped. I mean, in most everybody's minds, you you consider that that would be an error because that was a, a play that should have been made under normal effort. Um, but it's one of those things where like if it doesn't touch the the defender the the guy you know, on the field, like not technically an error. I don't know. It ended up being considered a hit. And then a couple batters later, uh, smoked one down the right field line, um, got over the head of Easton Morrell into the wall. And then that run comes around to score. But Montgomery, uh, only walks one strikes out 12. He had struck out the, the, he struck out, struck out five batters in his first six batters faced. So in his first two innings, he had five strikeouts and Jeez. no hits. Um, no wonder those two innings got, because I didn't watch the first two innings. I, I missed some of that. And, and it, it happened really quickly. Yes. <laughs> I think I turned it on. We were in the third or fourth. I'm like, good gosh, what happened? And then Cal Conley, National College Baseball Hall of Fame, National Shortstop of the Week. So a couple of National Baseball Hall of Fame honors this week. Yeah. You're catching their eye injury update. I think we all uh, were, were happy to see Drew Baker back in the lineup. Uh, it looks like his leg muscle, whatever it was, hamstring or quad was a little bit better. Um, he stole a base. There, there was one play. I think it was Friday night. Actually, there was like a line kind of went like one of those in between line drive pop flies hit out to left field. And there was a little bit of a wind and he started back first and then had to to stop and then and try to like lunge forward to catch it. And it looked really awkward. And I was like, oh no, his legs. And he just popped up laughing about it. I was like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes your heart skip a beat. Yeah, you're like, no, you just got back. Um, but we did see, or we did hear Dylan Noisy um, going to be out for some extended time. He, I, he, maybe the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, with a fractured vertebrae in his back. Um, and then Kurt Wilson ended up breaking a bone in his hand or thumb um, and will be out until Big 12 tournament regional time, like six to eight weeks, um, which is unfortunate because he was doing really well, too. So um, 
Well, I guess I'll be rooting for a, a deep run in the Big 12 tournament this year just to get Wilson in there and get him some playing time before <laughs> any sort of postseason play. Um, and then really quickly, I know we just kind of talked about it, but um, Wednesday is actually the day after we recorded. You you defeated SFA 7-5. to five. Um, That game on Friday night at West Virginia 7-2 behind those seven innings from Patrick Monteverdi. He gets his sixth win of the season. You get the scoring started off. I I like seeing Braxton Fulford up in the batting order. He's been batting second lately, which is pretty cool. And Easton Morrell's been doing really well as as a leadoff hitter. Uh, Fulford tripled in the first to score Morrell. And then Jace Young doubled. Now, while Jace Young was was doing his own thing at the plate this weekend, didn't record a home run and it's still tied for first in the country in home runs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, now that they're, you know, he's now sharing that with like two other guys. Um, Braxton Fulford did hit a home run on Friday. Uh, Fulford went three of four on the night with four RBIs, which you don't see a lot of RBIs from your, your, your second spot, your two hole hitter. You also don't usually see a, a catcher there. Yeah. Um, but Jace Young Friday night went one for five. Cole Stillwell one for four. Drew Baker zero oh for four. Um, you know you ended up hitting. You got nine hits on the night. It was really strange though. You like you had a lot of. Uh, well, I guess it was on Saturday. You had a you had a, you had a lot of uh, your batters get on base via the hit by pitch. Yeah, Saturday was really bad. Was I think there were six. I think there were six uh, batters on Saturday that that made it on base. Yeah, you had e- Easton Morrell had one. Braxton Fulford had one. Cal Conley had one. Cody Masters had two. Dylan Carter had one. So you had you had six guys, five guys get on base via the hit by pitch. Um, only recorded. But despite all that, just really was un just unable to bring them home. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of stranded base runners on Saturday. You end up leaving set, or twelve runners on base on Saturday, uh, which is okay. So you had six hits, seven walks, uh, and you left twelve on base. Um, you were something like I don't have it in front of me. Like you were really bad uh, batting with runners in scoring position. The game ends on a walk off. Um, really, really interesting defensive move. I don't know if you saw the end of that game, Michael, but um, I, I didn't, I, I saw the middle of it and I thought, Oh, Tex, they're going to do okay. And then, uh, no, <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. Well, so West Virginia started the scoring off, uh, got to a three, three, zero lead. Um, Texas tech got it to two, three, three, two, whatever. Uh, then West Virginia scored one more. Um, and then Texas tech takes the lead on a bases loaded walk in the sixth five, four mm-hmm. West Virginia ties it in the eighth. And then they get the bases loaded in the ninth with nobody out. And then Tadlock. <laughs> so he brings in, um, I think it was drew Baker. He brought him in as like an extra infielder and then put Andrew divine in the outfield. So you, Oh, you, you you had you had two defensive substitutions in the outfield uh where you you played divine because really at that point anything in, in the outfield was, was going to be the ball game anyways uh with the bases loaded but he had three infielders basically on the edge of the grass 
like the front edge of the dirt um, on the left side. So you had like shortstop Dylan Baker and Parker Kelly. And then you mm-hmm. had on the right side, Stillwell and Jace Young. And like <laughs> you get exactly what you want. Ryan Sublet gets the um, uh, Kleska to hit a ground ball to Stillwell. And he comes up firing and throws the ball to Fulford, who's covering the plate. But I, don't, I can't remember if it was a throw or if like Fulford just like lost his mind for a second, came off of the bag, off the base. Oh, no. Uh, and then the run scores. And that's the game. But like you had, you had the, the defensive alignment actually worked out well where you were playing with uh, essentially seven infielders. And you got the guy to ground out to one of your infielders, you know. Now, it was going to be a long shot to do that or record three outs, but, you know, it happens. It, it was it was a weird day with all of the, the hit by pitches and walks. Sunday, though, you came back. Mason Montgomery set the tone early. Like I said, you got up to a pretty big lead, um, and you ended up winning the game 10-1. You didn't get the 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 run rule because you only had a nine-run lead going into the, the seventh. Um. Which that point was like, too bad. I know. I was like, okay, well, if you're not going to run, roll, might as well now just like pour a bunch on. But you didn't end up scoring anything extra after that. 10 1. Uh, you scored one in the first, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, six in the sixth. You really, you know, put the game away there. Uh, you were just, like I said, one run short of, of the run rule and then ended up just holding it out. Uh, you did that 10 runs on 14 hits, only gave up two hits on the day on Sunday um, to win that game 10 one to come home um, now seven and five in big 12 play. And you were going to be ready to go up to Amarillo to play Oklahoma today, Tuesday night. That game got postponed uh, because of weather. So now you're getting ready to host Baylor. Yeah. So, I, I, I think we, I should mention I've read a, a good recap of the series on red Raider dugout.com. Uh, Randy Rosetta had a post about the WVU with WVU. Why do I call them that? <laughs> the, the West Virginia series. Anyway, go check them out. Red Raider dugout.com. Also listen to their podcasting or Derby as we've plugged several times, but Conley in game three, four for five with two home runs. One coming from each side of the plate. Dude, that was something else. Like that was that was <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. So like like Michael Zen, uh Conley's obviously a switch hitter. Um, but hit home runs, I think, into both bullpens uh from both <laughs> sides of the plate. You said four for five. He scored three runs himself, knocked yeah. in four runs, um, was just left on once. Yeah, on on the weekend, and this is why he was getting that uh, national honor on the weekend. Six for twelve, so he batted five hundred on the weekend. Five five runs, um, two home runs, of course, and five RBIs. Trying to put up those Jace Young numbers. <laughs> yeah, really, really great weekend from Conley. So before we roll into the Baylor preview, guys, I need to let you know it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online to AG has all the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs, like we said, is just in a month. 
And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. Folks, I'm here to tell you that your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canon's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canon sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's CanonCast15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Canon. Clearly better. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Like I said, you had a, uh, a game versus Oklahoma postponed and then rescheduled to May 4th tonight due to weather up in Amarillo. That would have been a non-conference game uh, and a neutral site. Kind of interesting. I... I did see that Baylor has also played Oklahoma in a non-conference game. They played in Round Rock, mm. which is funny because they had to go past Waco to do it. <laughs> um, sure. But anyways, you're, you're hosting Baylor, the Bears, who are 24 and 12, 5 and 7 in the Big 12. Um, I was going through their schedule trying to see, you know, who have they who who have they played? So, like, do these stats line up like? Have they played all the all the really tough teams in the conference? Have they played the bottom teams? Uh, they they played a little bit of everybody. Um, interesting enough, no, they lost a series to start the season against UTRGV. Just throwing that out there for a little little uh, jab at the Bears. They lost the series to Texas. They were swept by TCU. They won the series versus West Virginia, and they won the series versus Kansas. And then following the Baylor series. Quick look ahead to next week. You will host New Mexico on Tuesday, the 27th. Um, but like I said, in the comparison of the two teams, Texas Tech and Baylor, there's so much that is similar, especially on defense. But Baylor leads the conference actually in batting average. They are 10 points ahead of you. Uh, they're good. They're obviously first. You're, you're at fifth and just 10 points behind them. Um, you did give up your first spot in on base percentage. You're now second, but you're first and slugging to Baylor's fourth and on base and sixth and slugging. Uh, you hit more doubles, way more home runs tied for triples. Um, you score about a run and a half more per game than does Baylor. You walk a ton more than Baylor does. Um, now they don't strike out. You are last in the conference in strikes out strikeouts. Yeah. Which is a little worrisome, but everything else is like, well, everything else is really good. So they don't strike out. They don't steal bases. <laughs> yeah. And they don't steal bases. Whereas, you know, Texas tech is, is good for fifth in the conference right there in the middle. Defensively, uh, Texas tech and Baylor are two, three Baylor gets the nod there in terms of team ERA, um, batting average, Texas tech is second Baylor is third. Hits given up. Texas Tech is first. Baylor's fourth. Runs allowed. Uh, you have allowed 152 runs. Baylor's given 156 runs. They get a slight nod here because they've played a couple more games than you have. 
Mm-hmm. So their runs per game is 4.3, whereas yours is 4.5. Um, you don't walk as many batters as they do. Barely. I had to extended the, the decimal point out there to 3.99 cause it would have rounded up to four and they give up 4.1, uh, walks. Uh, you do strike out opposing batters, uh, about one and a half batters more per game. You give up fewer home runs and they have one, one thousandth of a point better in their fielding percentage better than you. Another, this really reminds me a lot of the TCU series. It, not yeah. quite the same categories, but a dang good looking matchup just on, on paper based off of what we can see here. Yeah, for sure. Aside from TCU being the best at stealing bases and Baylor being the worst, that might be the biggest <laughs> stick out to me. Yeah. The, ironically, they do get guys on base. If you look at their average, they're you know leading the conference at almost 300. Um. Update on some interesting stats from the team. Monteverde is moved up in the Big 12 standings in terms of ERA. He's now sixth at just over two. He's at 2.24. His whip dropped a little bit to 0.88. Opponent's batting average dipped a little bit after this weekend as well, as you would expect at 0.199. He's thrown 52 innings on the year, gives up. uh, His walks per nine is going up a little bit. Um, he's at 1.6 strikeouts is up to 10.2 per nine. And like I said, it's down. He's now six and one on the season as a team. You're tied for eighth in the country and runs scored. You are, you moved up and walks earned. You're now fourth or you're back to fourth. You're eighth and on base percentage. Defensively, you're tied for seventh and double plays turn. So that combination of Conley and young working well, up the middle, tied for third in the country in home runs. Jace Young tied for first with 15. And that's, like I said, still after not hitting one all weekend against West Virginia. Not too bad. Not too bad to, to maintain your spot after just having a pedestrian weekend in Morgan, Morgantown. Yeah, and and we we kind of figured, like, he one, he might cool off, but two, like, he might not see as many good pitches to hit. Oh, um, sure. Having Conley hit behind him is certainly helping though. Cause like you can't pitch around young. Um, and then and have Conley and then have, yeah, Conley back there who can hit it out just like he can. But baseball this weekend, looking forward to what could be, should be a really good series this weekend hosting the bears. Yep. Uh, the, the one game I went to in 2019 ended on a walk-off single that uh that i think it was a saturday the saturday night game tech ended it on a walk-off single it was a really exciting ending to that game so looking forward to another good matchup between these two yeah for sure um i i can't wait to talk about the football spring game michael so you ready (laughs) i'm ready to hear it all right let's get there Screen. Underneath, 
shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He played. Oh, he's going hard as hell. Red Raider, unbelievable. You know, there's something for everybody in that Crabtree call from Brian Jensen, John Harris, and our main man, Sonny Cumbie. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> My favorite was just John Harris. Oh! <laughs> I mean, I don't it know what I would have said. Just... I don't, like, in that instance, like, if I was in the call, and then especially being, like, the, the color analyst or whatever, but, like, we would all turn into Brick Tamlin. It'd just be loud noises, just nonstop. <laughs> Clapping in the background like the obnoxious big clap. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I didn't do this weekend, Michael. Obnoxious yeah. big clap at the spring game. Because oh, it wasn't too bad. You could have led it. You could have led the, the obnoxious big clap. <laughs> and going into it, I was I was I was ticked off, peeved, if you will. Oh, about well. the spring game not being on TV. Yes. Sitting there in person. I realized why they didn't. Oh, I, I figured. Yes. I think we cracked that code before y'all even went because you and Keith went. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I met up with Keith at the game, the stadium. Yeah. And his family. But, uh, so the first half was, was the scrimmage was the spring game. Uh, and the second half air quotes here was, it was a few minutes, like literally just a few minutes of some seven on seven plays. I won't even call them drills. There's a couple of plays. And then one-on-one drills, which the seven on seven would have been better to broadcast one-on-one. Not really. Um, the second half just felt like you were watching practice. The problem <laughs> with that part of it though, we're talking so about practice. They had Rico Jeffers on a handheld mic, just screaming like what was going on. Like it was like on field commentary as it was happening, but it was also windy. So it was like, <sighs> And the dude's screaming into it. Like you heard nothing. It was, it was sorry. Really sorry about your ears just then. It was obnoxious. Like that, that I, I get nothing from this. Um, and they, they were running like one on one, especially in the one-on-one section. Um, a bunch of guys out there that like, you don't know who they are. They're wearing numbers like receivers wearing numbers in the forties. Um, not on the roster. It's like, cool. I don't know what I'm looking at. Glad I wasted my time sitting out here in the freezing cold to watch a receiver who's wearing number 42, who's on the roster, not catch a deep ball. Yeah, it was like a tight end or something. I don't know, man. I don't know. It was weird. The thing I was most interested to see, because I wasn't going to see it unless I was there or as well as just paying attention to Twitter, is uh, the quarterbacks uh, and the order they played and then how they looked. So you probably have seen it by now. Henry Columbia came out first, uh, but he got only one series and then Tyler Shuck had three in a row. So mm. when Columbia Shuck, 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 Columbia, and then it was turned over to Donovan Smith and Baron Morton. Oh, I like this. I like, I like the Donovan Smith keys. Um, tossing the keys to Smith. That's, that's, that's not bad. Well, t- speaking of tossing things to Smith, he had a pass batted up in the air where he himself caught it. So he, he was there you go. He caught his own pass hands team. Um, and he was able, I mean, they weren't allowing anybody to touch the quarterbacks, but 
he was able to get around the edge running like as it like as he caught the ball and ran around the offensive line um he was he didn't look like he was trying really hard but at 64 the dude can move he's a big mm. kid like he's like 64 65 225 230 oh i don't hate this at all he's a he's a big kid shuck is also pretty tall he's yes um he's not as as uh stout as smith is and i'm not saying smith is like heavy like he just he's solid uh he's mm. grown into his body definitely looks different than henry columbia or baron morton uh columbia and smith were the only quarterbacks to leave score to lead scoring drives uh, i mean shuck may there may have been a drive that ended on a field goal but it was a really really long field goal attempt um and I think because of that, Wells had both of his field goal kickers attempt the field goal, so they, they they ran it back to back, and both of them made it. Oh, that's good sign. Which I think they were like forty five yard field goals into the Heck wind. Yeah, we'll take good. that. Um, taking advantage of the guy in front of him being out, JJ Sparkman looked really good. This is a wide receiver that would play behind Eric Ezukanma, who we later found out was held out because he broke his arm on Thursday. Like, yeah. And uh, so in the second half, I sat next to, to Rob bro and bro said, apparently it was so bad that they had to stop practice. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> we had to, we, we like, we took a collective moment of silence there totally <laughs> unplanned because I was just thinking about how bad it must've been to stop a football practice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that's it's, rough, man. It's not good. I, I hope, I hope he comes back and, so well, just one just functions normally as a human and, and two is hopefully able to play a little bit more at Texas tech this, uh, this fall. So the good thing, like not that you would wish any kind of injury on anybody, um, a broken bone heals fairly quickly, especially when you're looking at like off season, uh, six to eight weeks, even if you have to have surgery pins on that kind of stuff, the break is typically stronger after it's healed than it was previously the bone there. And because it wasn't muscular or tendon damage, like or joint or, or yeah. And the joint, like it's one of those things for a wide receiver. As long as it's not, it doesn't turn into some kind of mental kind of block there. Shouldn't impact his game. What's going to impact is missing out on the like, extra practice and, and conditioning time over sure. the summer. Um, but you can run with a cast. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, like, how bad it was, but in a few weeks when he's feeling better, I'm sure it doesn't feel great. Oh um, gosh, no. But Sir Roger Thompson, uh, we heard was, all, was held out. Xavier white was also held out. And then in the, the seven on seven or it was a one-on-one period. I can't remember. It was a deep pass over the middle to Travis Koontz tight end. Uh, he caught it in the end zone, but like, it looked like he may have fallen on top of the ball and had the wind knocked out of him. Um, it looked pretty, pretty innocent enough. But like he laid on the turf for several minutes. Not so. Are you thinking? Okay, if it's not just wind knocked out of him, what like possible ribs? If maybe there's something lingering, yeah, beyond just that. Oh man. Okay, man. So that really is breaking. Yeah, it was. I haven't seen that anywhere, but from you, my friend. Um, Jadarius Townsend, Chad, as as I want to call him, Chad Townsend, uh, looked pretty good. From the running back, there was a couple of the one-on-one drills, and I, I told you I didn't get much out of it. But there was one; um, it was running back versus linebacker in like 
Townsend was running a route. Um, he stuck his, his foot in the turf and did a hard nine degree turn. And the linebacker basically just fell over. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, the, the, there's a picture. I don't know if you saw it or if anybody saw it on Twitter where Townsend's running up the sideline, carrying the ball. And like the entire team is behind him. It's because like, as soon as that happened, the rest of the offense that was not on the field participating in the one-on-one drill was like storming after him because it was mm-hmm. such a good move. Um, and the other thing I want, I guess I noticed or want to point out, I don't know if it was just a, a factor of just the format of the spring game or just the defense looking a little bit better. Um, I didn't see any like weird broken tackles or people diving at feet. Um, but also because it's a scrimmage against yourself, you know, say your offensive players, your skill position didn't break any tackles or didn't, um, do anything like that. But defense looked good. Don't, don't pay any attention to the, the score of the spring game. Cause I think offense won like 38, 27 or something. It definitely, um, points favored any kind of offensive movement of the ball. Like, Oh, you got a first down. Here's 10 points. It wasn't that bad, but basically, um, especially since the game, the spring game started off with a defensive turnover now. Oh, that's right. Because it was a, a fan got to pick the first play of the game and picked something kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know if like all of her options were, were trick plays, but it was a, it was a, a throwback back to Columbia. Um, and the throwback was intercepted by defensive linemen. <laughs> it was not good. Um, now, I mean, I, I doubt that the defense knows the play name, but like she announced it over the PA system to the entire stadium. We're going to, I want to run this play. And mm-hmm. well said, which one, this one here and, and said it again. I can't remember. I was like gopher or something. Uh, that's what I remember seeing was gopher, but I'm not sure if that's right. If we both thought it, that's gotta so, be it. I mean, you, you can, you can say the defense knew what was coming because they announced the play. I don't know if they would have been known the offensive playbook enough to be like, Oh yeah, that's that, uh, that throwback back to the quarterback yeah. interior defensive lineman. Watch out for it. Yeah. Why don't you run through and see what you could do about that? <laughs> but otherwise you learn nothing. Um, it wasn't like, I mean, it was a really bland spring game practice at that. Um, didn't leave feeling like I wanted, like I saw what I wanted to see. Although I went in knowing that I wasn't going to see anything. So like I left yeah. even more disappointed because it was not <laughs> what I wanted to see. But that's that spring football is over. Now it's uh, summer conditioning, getting ready for fall camp in August. I, I just can't believe we're getting closer to another season and I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah. Well, until then you want to talk about what we learned? Yes, I do. Let's get it. What do we learn Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So Michael's got the bulk of the, what we learned (laughs) topics here. So I'm going to go first and get out of the way. Um, my little update for going yard. I'm still trying to get the seedlings for the, the garden ready to go. And then clearing oh, yeah. the space. Yeah. I can't figure like, I know that if the seedlings get real long, uh, under like the stem gets really long underneath the, the first couple of leaves they're not getting enough light, but obviously I'm not going to put them outside with the weather we've had with the, with the really high winds and it's been cold. Um, 
my little incubator is still chugging along, but like, even then some of those, those are like, I don't know, man, it's not really working out how I hoped it to. Uh, and then little league, um, when we played Thursday and we played tonight and my little Dodgers, okay. Bryson DeChambeau Dodgers went two and oh over that time. Oh, they won tonight. I'm just learning this firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when I got on, I was not like the best of moods and I will confess it's how the game ended that, that really irked me. Um, I knew they won this weekend. Like what? Pretty handily nine to three or something or what nine was it? Two, yeah. Nine to two. Um, going into the final inning, we were up 11 zero tonight. Oh my gosh. 11 zero tonight. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and, and it was one of those things where like the team we were playing were, was just bad enough that like I knew after just the first few minutes, like we should win this game. Um, their coaches seem disinterested in the game. Like I, I, from my third base spot when we were on offense, their coaches were just BSing about anything else besides the game happening in front of them. Oh man. So like I was kind of disinterested in the game. It's <laughs> like, well, they're not interested. I'm not really interested. <laughs> um, and it was, like I said, it was not really competitive, but then we ended up giving, we, we gave up four runs in the last inning Two of them came on a home run, not on a home run, but the batter ended up scoring. He should have been out at first. Really easy ground ball hit to first base. Our pitcher Mm -hmm. comes up firing to first, misses him. Grayson is in right field. We've been working on backing up the throws. I'm telling him, like, if the play's at first, I want you to come around and be in this one specific, specific spot where you're far enough away from first base. So if the ball gets away, you can see it. You'll have time to react, pick it up, limit the damage. And what does he do? The play's coming at first. He's running at first base. Ball gets uh. past the first baseman and goes into right field. Dude scores. He's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was it was a comedy of errors where like the kids were more interested in how much time was left on the clock and how big of a lead we had. Um, and in and, and tonight's game and on Thursday night's game, uh, I was like, don't worry about the score. Let's finish the game. But they were just so distracted by everything else. So both games we gave a book. I think a combined six runs in our last defensive stand. And I'm like, that's not okay because they obviously weren't doing this in the first five innings of both games. Yeah. It's only happening because you're not paying attention or not doing what you're supposed to do. Right. So like you said, you're looking at the scoreboard thinking, hey, this is over. We can just kind of relax the last inning. Yeah, it was 11-0. And then like they ended up scoring four runs and the other team scored two or three. It was like, stop. <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, that Keep run. Keep your dif- foot on their throats. <laughs> that run you, differential. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that run differential is, is going to help seeding at the end of when we have a bunch of teams tied for whatever it's going to be. Um, so, you know how I, I, I said we, we've played three of the top four teams in the league. We will play mm-hmm. the fourth team, fourth top team in the league on Saturday. Ooh, big game coming up. Except they're like the second best team in the, in the rankings right now. Not confident at all. <laughs> However, once we get past them, we'll be four and four, assuming we lose on Saturday. And we will have four or five games left. We should be able to win the rest of our schedule. Wow, what a run that would be. Especially after the year you had last year. Yeah, last year we went four and seven. Right now we've already tied the number of wins. We're, we're at four and three right now. 
Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you've come a long way, Coach. Well, that's not something else I'm talking about, but I'll save it for later. <laughs> so Michael has a going yard update that I can't wait to hear. I have a going up yard update. Spencer, I'm officially back in the lawn care business here at 23 Personnel North. Did you fire your 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 landscaping crew? No, he fired me. Oh no, is it because you wanted to go every other week? I have no idea. Um, I got an email two weeks ago saying that he was starting up his regular lawn care stuff. Uh, you know, normal days, everything will be just like it was. And then last week on Monday, they didn't come. And I thought, well, that's odd. But I thought, well, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because sure, it could be scalped right now and maybe a little edged, but it's fine. It's not like it's going crazy on me. And then later, last that same week, last week, he sent an email saying that he was letting me go. And I, and, and I don't know if it was just me or if it was... I don't think it was just me. I think it was mainly lawn care. He was focusing on different aspects of the business, irrigation and uh, the backflow testing. So anyway, so within the last two weeks, he apparently made a big life decision and then passed me on to another, uh, another company who would be willing to take me on. And I I spoke with them and, you know, I'd already kind of had in the back of my mind things are different now than they were the last two years. I was working quite a bit on weekends and stuff and I'm not as much now. Things have slowed down some more. So I was kind of half thinking of trying to do it again myself anyway. And so now this basically opened the door completely for that. So I told the guy that said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to do it myself. And so yesterday I edged for the first time Mm. in two years myself and my arms are still kind of (laughs) sore and it took me almost longer to start the the weed eater edger than it did to actually do the damn edging. I was going to ask you, have, after having sat for two years, how long did it take you to get it started? <laughs> it was a solid 30 minutes of me just ripping on it, ripping on it, ripping on it until I would like was out of breath. And then I would set it down and kind of walk around and look busy. <laughs> and then I'd come back and rip on it some more and I couldn't get anywhere with it. it. The lawnmower shouldn't be too bad because randomly a weekend or two ago, it's almost like I knew this was coming. Uh, my little girl and I were out in the garage just pilling around, tearing down cardboard boxes or whatever. And I had been wanting to start my lawnmower just because I haven't started it in forever either. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to start it. And so I took it out to the driveway and I had my little girl with me and I was like, all right, cover your ears. And <laughs> 20 minutes later, you got her going. covering her ears finally paid off. <laughs> so at least I know they both start and they both run. But yes, I am back into the lawn business. I'm already thinking about, you know, what type of uh, weed and feed I need to put down. It's just all, it's, it's all happening again. And I've got to come up with a better method. I think I just want to edge once every two weeks. And then I think I may want to mow every week just to keep that down. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to change it up. So that's my big update. Proud of you. <laughs> I, I, I don't edge every time I mow either. Yeah. Um, I don't think, well, especially when you mow, you mow at least once every week. Sometimes I'm, twice. I'm, once it's really going, I should be mowing twice a week now. The little, this little cold snap the past few weeks. Now the lawn has gotten long. It needs to be cut, but with the being cold and then the rain, um, 
it's been about a week since I've cut it, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't edge and weed eat every time I cut because I should be out there twice a week. On top of all this, the hedges in front of our window are dead. Oh no. The frost that the, the winter polar <laughs> vortex eclipse, the whatever minus it was 10 that came through <laughs> equinox. It, it just completely destroyed them. Everyone on our block has dead shrubs. And so I've got to figure out how to get those out without destroying the drip irrigation in the process. And anyway, it's all fun. It's all fun. It's good. It's great. Spencer. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. to be back mowing again, I think. So you also teased about a little brisket experiment you had going on. I did. Okay. I'm going to go into these. Um, we didn't go too long. So uh, th- this may be, buckle up people. The what we learned may be a little, a little bit of a stretch. I did talk quite a bit on the last episode about what I learned from Evie Mays when I did their barbecue class, their brisket, mainly focused on brisket. And the spring game was scheduled well after I'd already scheduled to smoke a brisket on the same day. And so that's why I was not in attendance. I was, I was busy at the house smoking a brisket. You had planned to be busy in, in, in actuality, the brisket came off and you were letting it rest during the time of the spring game, but you were also committed to not going to the spring game, which I don't, I don't blame you. Well, you know what? Then you have to slice it. I mean, there was a lot going on. Uh, Yeah. The brisket came off. I put it on at midnight because I have a horrible track record of briskets taking just incredibly long amount of time. And so I put it on at midnight thinking it might be done by noon or two. Yeah. It was done at 10 AM that morning. And it was right at a 10 after I'd trimmed it, it was right at 10 pounds. But the, the thing I felt the most confident about with this was, was how much I trimmed off of it because it seemed like a crazy amount to me. But after going to that class, they estimated they, or that day, uh, Arnest trimmed one and he trimmed 35% of the weight off of it. And I trimmed 34.2. So I felt really good about at least the numbers, (laughs) right? The metrics added up. Uh, The brisket itself, I would give it like a seven out of 10. I was not super impressed with it. And I don't think it's, it's obviously nothing to do with the class. I, I think there was something I missed there. One of the things that they did in the class was they, he sprays it with apple cider vinegar when he wraps it. Mm-hmm. I did not do that because it was 5 a.m. in the morning when I wrapped it. And I probably wasn't thinking quite clearly. You just ready to get I, back to bed. Yeah. And my um, wireless thermometer had given out the night before. It mm-hmm. just kept measuring the grill temp. Just kept measuring like 230, 245. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> so I just had to set an alarm for 5 a.m. and hope for the best and go check it then. But I think that was part of the downfall. And then the other downfall was I used Traeger's pellet blend. This was something I didn't, that didn't dawn on me. And I hadn't told you this or any of the guys in Slack. Uh, Usually when I do a brisket, because I've had issues getting a good smokiness flavor, I buy a hundred percent post Oak pellets that they sell at outdoor chef, Mm -hmm. not a sponsor, but if you know someone, let us know. Outdoor chef has uh, different bags of a hundred percent mesquite or hickory or post oak. If you're going for something more than a blend of random woods, then that's what you get. I thought mes- I had some of that left. hundred percent mesquite would be a little overpowering. Go on. I know I, I <laughs> bought that the first time I went and I've had this smoker. 
because I grew up in around Abilene and that was, you know, people use mesquite a lot. And anyway, so I bought that. That was one of the first bags I bought was a hundred percent mesquite thinking, Oh, this is what I need. And I've had the smoker for over four years and I still have half a bag left. Mm. Yeah. And that was, that was my downfall was I mistakenly thought that that half a bag because they look the exact same was post Oak. And so 11 PM at night when I'm loading my pellet smoker, I realized that that was in fact mesquite. And I'm like, I am not using mesquite on this and I don't have post Oak. So I'll just have to use the Traeger blend. But I think that made it much milder. Mm. I, I think that did not help with the flavor. So Next time, definitely going to spray with apple cider vinegar. I think that was costly on my end. And then I will use post oak pellets, but it was still edible. I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't my best. I've, I've probably made it. Yeah. I don't even know if it'd be top five. It was, it was okay. It was fine. But yeah, you've got me wanting to try work to do, try a brisket <laughs> on, on my smoker. Uh, again, sometime soon. And, and th- there was an experiment where I saw they're trying to rec- recreate what, what Aaron Franklin does down at Franklin barbecue where they, um, where they will not soak the, the butcher paper they wrap the brisket in, but they will apply rendered beef tallow to the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to try that. I know. And I may go back to doing that if I have trouble again, this next time, because I, I applied it before to the brisket and then use that kind of like a, a binder. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a binder, I guess that's more of a sausage term, but that's what I would use to well, to get the seasoning to stick on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do that before I even put it on the smoker. Um, I may even consider not wrapping it sometime just to see what that does, but I don't know. Yeah. I just, I felt like I had, I think the last one or two I did, I felt really good about. And then this one, I feel like I took a step back. So it's just a constant battle guys. Even when you have a, a, a you know, quote unquote, foolproof pellet smoker, that's supposed well, to keep things normal temp. The weather overnight into Saturday morning could have also been a contributing factor because it was, it was miserable. Yeah. It got basically down into Wednesday the through Sunday the past week. Yeah. It got into the thirties, uh, Saturday or Friday night. That's, so. that's true. So, I had yeah. two other things I wanted to go through quickly. I promise I'll be quick. Okay. Johnny G's salsa. Never heard of it. Go on. He's a, he's a guy who makes salsa out of his house here in Lubbock. It's, if you look him up on Facebook, you message him, he'll reserve a jar of salsa for you. He makes three or four different kinds. I got the Rojo when I went, which is their medium and their medium packs some heat, which I enjoy. And let me tell you, my brisket and egg tacos <laughs> tasted so much better with some Johnny G salsa on them. So anyway, if you're, if you're in Lubbock and you want to spend a little more on a, on a good jar of salsa that is made really well. And I, he roasts the vegetables himself. He does all this stuff himself out of his house. He's give, give Johnny G a shot. And his Facebook is facebook.com slash salsa slinger. Salsa slinger. I think that's his, I should have looked this up, but I think salsa slinger is his handle on Instagram. Nice. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is everyone who talked about watching Ted Lasso and how great it was and stuff. Yeah, you guys were all right. Every single one of you were right. You were correct. I burned my Apple TV Plus 
free trial this week. Watched Greyhound. Shout out to Dr. Rick and all the other dads interested in naval warfare. Great flick. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But Ted Lasso was really worth the wait. And then I'm really excited that there's a second season coming out this July. They just debuted a trailer today, this Tuesday. And um, I will... I, I will pay. I will pay the four ninety nine to watch season two once it's available. Yeah, it looks like it's coming out in July. Yeah, but anyway, Ted Lasso's a, it's he he's impossibly nice. He's impossibly, uh, oh, I don't know, just caring and wholesome, and so it makes it impossible for people not to like him, and. Or, or to listen to him or to respond to him. It's, it's just an interesting dynamic to see this guy on TV and you know, the stuff he goes through with his personal life and the, his players, it, it, it gets really serious at times and just kind of takes you by surprise. But gosh, it's, it just having going in, knowing how m- many people gloat about it. I'm still glowing about it. I, I really enjoyed the show. So everybody who said how great it was, you're all right. Off checking good, out. Good job by you guys. Yeah. Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. Yes. All right. So with that, that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast. Um, we'll be back next week to review the Baylor baseball series and give any kind of basketball updates there may be. So for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.